the 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 OG. It's the two of us. It's my show with that guy, Alex, and also that guy, Jake. What's happening, everybody? Alex, thanks thanks for joining us. Welcome back. We missed you. <laughs> yeah, I I missed I missed all of you as well. Um, it was it was a uh, like you said briefly. Uh, mo- sometimes moving causes some some uh, some mishaps in life that unfortunately aren't resolved as quickly as you want them to be. So, yeah, I, I went a week without the internet, and that was uh, well, not so much without the internet. I probably could have found the internet. I didn't have a reliable quiet space. You, you couldn't which find was a, a, you couldn't find a safe space, which is yeah, no safe space, no <laughs> safe space last week. So that was that was more the issue. Um, I, but, I can I can just imagine you trying to do the podcast like sitting in the library, like back in the corner, and all of a sudden some hobo comes walking up and he's just like Alabama, 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 and you're like, go, can you go away? I'm trying to do a podcast here, dude. First off. I would laugh way too hard to tell him to leave if he came up and just and just said a random southern state over and over and over again. Uh, I would have lost my mind. Like there, like you would have been like, well, now that that interruption's gone, what do you want to talk about? And the only thing you would hear is me gasping for breath from laughing too hard. And just well, I guess we're talking about Alabama. This <laughs> Alabama, Alabama. Alabama. It's like, yeah, it's a full two two bedroom, no bath. And he's like, yep, yep. We are conveniently located near Alabama. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, so now that you're back, you can you can do what I had to do last week. And my God, it killed me a little inside. Uh, tell us, tell these people what to do with the internet. Well, I okay. Obviously, we're gonna tell them where to go because on Instagram you find us at Red Arrow Productions. It's right there. Uh, we haven't changed the name. I promise. Uh, like we thought about changing it, and then we were like, "Nah, we got followers now. We should probably keep it exactly the same." Um, and change. then, of course, stay you know, cool. Facebook, never change. That's what st- everyone wrote in my yearbook. Stay cool, <laughs> never change. And then, just to spite them, you're a completely different person than you nailed were it in, in their faces, school. in all Boom. of their faces. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, of course, Facebook. Um, I mean, Red Arrow Productions, same thing. We, uh, I mean, keeping it simple. Keep it real simple. Keep it simple, stupid. It's the best advice Michael Scott ever gave Dwight K. Schrute. Like, factual statement. Um, and then uh, Patreon, if you guys want to pick the topic that we talk about, it'll cost you five boons. Five dollars. Anything you want. Anything anything at all. Even some of the things that, that you, Jake, and me, Alex, have privately, without recording, talked about things we don't want to talk about. For five bucks, I'll probably talk about those things. Yeah, like, I mean, you probably won't enjoy the show, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. You you will think that you wasted your five <laughs> bucks, and you have, but we'll do an hour on something we don't want to talk about because you wanted us to. Or we will. Or we're going we're gonna to go back with the power of love because we're going to go back in time and talk about anything we've already talked about more in depth. That's true. And Shout then, out Huey Lewis in the news. If you wanted to... Uh, if you wanted to keep it real short, you can find us on Twitter at Red Arrow P. We shortened it up. Quickity quack. Bingo. Now, my question is, how come that killed you a little bit last week? Because because that's that's what you do. And like like I don't know. It's like when uh for the first time, like when if we're gonna talk about it, you know, if if you know Dwight had to do something instead of Michael, you know, it just didn't feel right. Fair enough. That, just, that like having sense. having to, having to pull that out like I it threw off it threw off my fu- the feng shui of the podcast for me. You threw off the emperor's groove. <laughs> beware the groove. Beware, beware. <laughs> oh man! But hey, you know we've been waiting now two weeks to talk about this business, and it, it's convenient that we waited two weeks because it takes two weeks. For this goodness and this deliciousness, this global enterprise that is the Winter Olympics. Here we are. It's almost time. And, oh, man, I I am so excited. I I can't even see straight. I can tell you that leading up to this uh, episode, um, one of my my now roommates, new roommate, uh, shout out Brendan. Uh, He's a cool guy. 
And he asked me, oh, he's like, you do a podcast every week. And I said, yep, sure every do. week. I, I do one every week except for the weeks I don't. And, uh, I mean, I have a lot of fun. It's just something I do with my boy Jake, and uh, it, it's cool. He's like, oh, what do you talk about? And I said, it's really, really hard for me to tell you what we talk about because we <laughs> don't talk about anything. But I can tell you that this week we talk about the Olympics. And he says, w- are they happening soon? And I said, Yes, I mean he's not really a sports guy, so uh, it didn't surprise me that he's not up on the Olympics. That's fine, but I was like, yeah, they are happening very soon. And as uh, far as Olympics go, I mean, this is the one that has the less viewership of the two. True. I mean, you know, every every place in the world has sun. Not all of them have snow, so it makes sense. But I was like, I was like, we're talking about the Winter Olympics. Um, we might dive into the Summer Olympics a little bit, but maybe not. Don't only know. If, only if I'm going to make fun of Canada for Ben Johnson. <laughs> Fair enough. But what I told him was this is this is what this is what I this is what I told Jake, and he went, "Wait, you do a podcast with Jake? Because I have a roommate named Jake also." And I was like, "Not that Jake." And he was Different like, Jake. "Oh." And I was like, "This is what I told him." I was like, "Dude, we're doing the Winter Olympics. I got three things to say: bobsled, short track speed skating." curling i just gave you an hour-long episode 100 percent, no problem and, and that's probably i mean we're, we're going to expand beyond that so if those aren't your if those aren't your forte by all means stick around because i've got a question for you and this is this is interesting this isn't an ask alex so don't worry no. No. but um so there there was a i read a story about um about ice dancing so you're saying you can read? One one time I read. <laughs> it, it might have been read to me. So it, it, you know, the, the audiobook version. Exactly, the audiobook <laughs> version of, of ESPN. Uh, and and they were talking about it was Paul Lucas actually who who brought up you know why why is it that ice dancing doesn't have a uniform? And to which uh, he, and he posed this question to to many ice dancers and, and people and. The thing that that came back is they said, well, it you can't really tell the story in just a standard uniform. You need you need the the costume to to create the pageantry so you know what's happening, which which brought up his question is like, does that make it like? And we'll talk about the difference between sports and sports and not sports, I'm sure. But he's like, how can you like? It makes it kind of this weird thing where it's not so much. A, uh, a competition as it is just a performance and then which brings up subjectivity so mm-hmm. like what the whole ice dancing thing what do you think like uniform no uniform i i so i understand that ice dancing is is more um it's is far more uh, stringent and regulated as far as you know when you compare it to like figure skating or something like that. I I understand that, but for I I can't help but throw it in with that kind of of uh, an event in that part of what goes into it is is the outfit. You know, kind of kind of like what the ice dancers were saying in response to his question is is part of. I mean, they're actually judged on presentation which yeah and and this this is this is why i bring this up because part of that the presentation uh part of the story uh the whole uh tanya harding thing she got marked down after putting out like a world-class performance she asked a judge what she did wrong and she was told that her clothes weren't good enough and Mm -hmm. because she had to hand make them it it creates a, a a almost a classist society within this sport so at the so if like that's where that's that kind of adds a little bit of this muddled middle for me because if you have everyone wearing a uniform then it truly becomes about the performance i absolutely agree with you but because the the pageantry is assessed similar to figure skating or the uh like even even like the the doubles figure skating right i don't think that you should be required to wear the same uniform outfit type thing universally through ice dancing just because of that now do i think it's fair that that's what they're graded on as as part of it no i i saw that if it's going to be 
about the the performance, then it should be about the performance and nothing else should matter. But if you're going to make other things matter, then you leave the door open for things like fancier uniforms, outfits, whatever. And so I think that's that's part. I think their their response to his question is a valid response. I just don't like it. Right, yeah, and, and that's <laughs> like that's that's fair, and, and that's I think that's kind of where I fall too. Is that you know I understand, I, I get their perspective. Yes, absolutely, as part of your performance, as part of the expression. But it but again, it's be. not. It, it creates it, it like in that case, it's 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 sometimes unfair, and, and I don't know it, when it comes to diving. It, you know, and here we go, Summer Olympics. We mentioned it. When it comes to diving. They don't look into whether or not the the uniform the the diving diver's uniform was perfect when they dove. They care if they if they tucked correctly. Correct. So I I don't know. It's a it's a tough position. It's a tough position for that at least. No, I I mean, I I still stand on the the leg, and I think we've talked about it a couple of different times on this very podcast that without defense, it's not a sport, and I, I would, without having ever done any math or research, I would venture to guess that a majority of Olympic events, both summer and winter, don't involve defense and are therefore, per my own personal definition, not sports. Now, as as we often do every time we say this, this is not coming from this is not a statement of disrespect. Correct. To say that something is not a sport. Um, we, we're not saying that it... I, I think the, the last time we talked about it was acro and tumbling. Uh, we're, we're not saying that it requires any less dedication or any less work or there's any less talent in someone who does archery or speed pistol than someone who does basketball. Correct. What we're saying is that you know, running in a straight line is not the same as football. Yeah, it's. I mean, the the amount of work that every Olympic athlete has to put into their chosen event is is astronomical. Like it's it's not easy to get to the Olympics, no matter what event you're trying to do. But it doesn't change the fact that in the Winter Olympics they've got the the ski jump, right? Right. Everybody comes down the same hill. They go off at the same angle. They hope that they're able to hold their skis for maximum distance and land and be cool. And then I do it, and I go, I go, uh, whatever, 300 feet. And then you do it, and you go 301 feet. You beat me. You did a better job. That's right. true. And it was there was just as much training and craziness that went into it. But if I have to stand there and just watch myself get beat, and there's no way that I can – like impede you defensively the way you can in basketball or football or, or I mean, technically even baseball that to me, it's, it's just not, as it's, it's just as graceful. I love ski jumps. Ski jumps, one of my favorite events. Ski jumps, and, awesome. Yeah. It, that's one of the raddest events in the Olympic or the winter Olympics, but it doesn't change the fact that there, there's no, there's no defense. We just do. I do it. You do it. We compare scores. That's not a sport. It's that, just yeah, not. That's a, it's a, it's an athletic competition. Correct. It's it's and I think it's real telling. They they call it the Winter Games. They don't call it the Winter Sports. That's true. That's so, true. So if you got a problem with us, you got a problem with the Olympics. And if you've got a problem with the Olympics, boy, you got a problem with us. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ooh, don't come at the IOC on this show. Well, I mean, you can because there's not. I don't think there's a more corrupt uh, organization on the planet. But uh, what about what about the one that does soccer? Oh man! If FIFA, if FIFA <laughs> and the IOC like had a a death battle, like battle to the death of, of corruption, I think Ethiopia loses. <laughs> that's the that's the celebrity death match of corruption. <laughs> FIFA versus the IOC with bum, the bum, bum, bum. with the special guest referee North Korea. Right. <laughs> they totally just. They would thwart the whole system by corrupting both sides anyway, and then it would it would come out to a, a predetermined draw that we had we would never see coming. Everybody gets gold. <laughs> Speaking of like, and I know I'm I'm branching back into the summer. I remember I think it was 2012 where there was a, a U.S. Uh, I think it was the 200 women's freestyle where they both touched the wall at the exact, like they went down to the 10 thousandths of seconds and mm -hmm. they were unable to break the tie. And so they were like, okay, you both win. Like, there was just I, no silver medal. They both won. 
It was so crazy. I'd never seen anything like that. So, in that instance, it, it seems logical now to me as an adult. But when I was a kid, the ties never made sense to me. Because you'd get it where they, all right, like in golf, they're like, all right, these people are all in first place. And there's six of them. So here's who's in seventh place. Right. And it, it, it breaks down that way. And I, as a kid, I was always like, no, but who's in second place? And they're like, well, nobody's in second place. They're no, no, no. But there's ten people. There has to be a second – there has to be a second place. These – if they're tied for first, then these guys are in second. And they're like, no, it doesn't – it doesn't work that way. No, you're I'm, not – no. <laughs> yes, it does. And now I grow up and I'm like, no, that actually – that's how it should be done. That makes perfect sense. That makes way more sense now. I, like I was, eight-year-old I was Alex a fool. is a moron. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, all all young children watching sports are dumb. I, I remember watching the the Steelers and the and the the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. It tells you how long ago that was. And huh? I was like, and I just remember sitting there thinking, I don't know what's going on, but there's bright colors. <laughs> I, I remember growing up, I thought fourth down was cooler than first down because if you have four of something, you have more. It's more. Right. Uh, I remember I when I was playing, I had an NFL game on the Game Boy. And mm. I, I remember that I took the kickoff and I ran out of the back of the end zone because I thought I was running to safety. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, nice. kids, kids are dumb at sports. <laughs> Kids are dumb at sports. That that might be the title of the episode. Kids are dumb. Kids are dumb at sports. So back to the Olympics, the back. Winter Games, as as they are. What give me give me your list? I think by default I've already given my list of top three events. Um, it's it's bobsled, short track, short track, speed skating, and curling. Not in that order. Uh, what are your top three events? Oh man, that's that's tough. So I mean, I I want to say I want to say curling. I mean, I, I will watch any two countries at curling. Um, Hell yeah! Hell so, yeah! So I'm gonna throw curling in there. I I would say, oof, man, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm gonna say half pipe. Okay. Snowboard okay. half pipe. Um, there, you know, I I was I was an X Games kid, so getting to see that and as an Olympic sport's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. More on that later. <laughs> uh, you know, and the the biathlon. You like the biathlon? You huh? gotta ski. You you gotta ski your ass off, and then when you get there, you gotta shoot stuff. I mean, is there anything better than that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Short track speed skating and bobsled. But yeah, well, I mean, then yeah, until. Anton Apollo Ono crashes into the wall for the forty third time, and and we lose our chance at gold again because well, he never he always crashes. Yeah, but it's because he's going all out, and that ice cannot contain him. <laughs> well, maybe he needs to not go all out and win. Because how... in short track speed skating, if you're not first, you're last, and that's the truth. <laughs> but how intense are some of those those races, though, man? Man, oh. I... So I remember. Do you remember the the '98 Nagano Winter Games for, for the N64? Um, I I do know that I definitely played too much of it, but I don't remember anything like specific. So they like the the speed skating in that was quite possibly the worst event because it's just you were tapping the the triggers back and forth, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. and like the sound effects, like there was no crowd. There was no energy. It was just shh, 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 and then you'd mess up, and then you'd have to start all over. It's it's. I I apparently whoever I knew that had the Nagano Olympics on the N64 warned me of that because I don't remember that at all. Uh, but that actually sounds hilarious. It would probably be my favorite event on that game. Just yeah, just it's it's the the twitchy tappy games that just went that were just absolutely obnoxious. But... I freaking I have any have any Olympic like video games been good? Uh, well the the London 2012 game was pretty good. Was it? Yeah, I I remember I set the world record in the javelin on that one. 
Oh, well, then by all means, greatest game ever made. Yeah, I mean, because I was good at it is definitely is definitely good. <laughs> so. I'm going to I'm going to the next time the next video game I buy, I'm going to be like, "Hey Jake, are you good at this game?" And you'll be like, "Yeah." I'll be like, "It's it's a good game then." It's it's a really good game. It's a good game. <laughs> How hey, good are you at Monster Hunter World? You're like, haven't played it. I'm like, yeah, this game sucks. Yeah, man, as far as, by my scale, that game is terrible. Terrible. Like, I've played that zero minutes. <laughs> zero minutes played. Zero minutes played. That's that's how I feel about that game. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but so, I, I, when do we get to talk about curling, okay? I, let's, I, just, let's just jump in, because like I, I know, you're, I was going to say, you're, I've been holding you back. Oh, I, dude. How great is curling? It's so good. How, like, the fact that you can get all of the, the I was, it goes back to the, the conversation with, with Brendan uh, before this, where I had, I, I showed him the glimpse, that 30-second that teaser of me getting hyphy about curling. I was talking about how, like, you can, you can, you, with the right um, execution, you have just an, as much chance playing offensively trying to score as many points as possible as you do playing a defensive strategy where you're just attempting to stop them from scoring right yeah you have these huge point like that's the best part is is you don't necessarily always score points but taking points with these point swings oh it's are insane, insane. It, i mean that's oh. the, uh, it's, so check this out this is the the unpopular thing from this from this podcast curling more of a sport than the 100 meter dash <laughs> A hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. By by the metrics that we that we use and have accepted. Yes, red. That is a red arrow official decree. <laughs> Curling is more of a sport than the hundred meter dash. It will period. be. In the, it will be in the charter. <laughs> yes, like that. That that will be. We'll get when we get our offices and we have our live podcast and and it's up on YouTube and stuff. There's going to be a poster behind where I sit. That'll that'll be like a Terminator poster, probably something that shouts out the office. And one is just black lettering on a white rectangle that says curling is more of a sport than the hundred meter dash. <laughs> just just that's so that's going to be so good. I can't wait for that. And, like, and the, the best part is I'm going to have to look at it like all, all every the time. day, every day. You're going to be like, it, that's 100 percent true. Like I agree with you. <laughs> Like that's gonna how the that's instead of good morning, I'm just gonna open the door. Alex, I agree with you. I've <laughs> I have definitely so one thing I can say is is I I definitely get swept up in curling ha. to the ha, <laughs> unintentional puns a galore. But so I don't I don't I don't remember curling events the way I do say football games right where I can't tell you in curling who was playing who or what happened, you know, that way, the way I can tell you that it was uh, Nick Collins who intercepted Ben Roethlisberger and returned the interception for a, t- a touchdown in the Super Bowl where the Packers played the Steelers type of detail, right? right? But I do know that every four years, some curling event happens that I watch that makes me leap into the air with the excitement and the and the the fervor of the ducks winning a national championship or the packers winning a super Bowl. sweden will be playing norway and he'll knock that stone right out of the circle and i will lose my mind <laughs> just oh i can't believe it or or adversely it doesn't leave the circle so therefore the point stands and then i lose my mind in the other direction like Sweden's got it. They got it. They got it. No, they don't. <laughs> Every time. Every time. That I mean, that yeah, it, well, it's I mean, it's basically grown-up shuffleboard, but yes. <laughs> on ice. But I mean, it's so and it's so intense. Like the people who who are curling are so just unbelievably intense while they're doing it, and then the the crowd is so polite. Also, have you noticed? Right? You've got you've got the the pusher is down there and he he throws the stone and he's waiting and the guys are sweeping and he's directing them right more more no 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 screaming at him to stop sweeping and then the crowd golf claps just yeah very very well done nice nicely yes. done that was a that was a rather tremendous stone so hmm. yes. it, I I I have to bring this up as we're talking about the differences in crowds 
And, and I, you know, I have to shoehorn talking about wrestling into this podcast somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, I watched Wrestle Kingdom twelve, and it was it was set in the Tokyo Dome in Japan, and the difference between a Japanese crowd and an American crowd is so vastly different. Mm-hmm. And and it has is it has nothing to do with you know the way the way you know the cultures are, um, when you when you watch an event in Japan, there's no chanting, uh, well there sometimes there's chanting is usually towards the end of a match when it's really really building well whelming towards its conclusion, mm-hmm. um, but they for the most part the the Japanese wrestling fans they they will sit there and observe and then politely applaud when something happens that they like. As 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 the 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 um, resident expert on all things wrestling at here at, at my show with Alex and Jake out of the two um, of us, out of the two of us, yeah, out of you and also me, you're the expert. <laughs> Doesn't that like like I understand wanting to expand the brand and you take it to Japan and other countries and you try to you know build awareness as always, um, but as as the wrestler. Do you think that that kind of vast difference like takes something out of the experience? Um, well, it's it has a lot more to do with just the way they work. Um, I, I there's a lot more about respect. Uh, the 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 silence is the the quietness is given not out of uh, indifference. It's it's a sign of respect. So uh, when when you're there, it's it's very, very just the way things are just different. The U.S. crowd is about you know hooping and hollering. Where they're the they're what the show is about. Make no mistake, the a WWE product is about its audience. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the ring. New Japan New Japan Pro Wrestling is all about what's going on in the ring. They don't care about the audience. Like it's every <clears throat> the only thing that matters is what's going on between the ropes. So like, do they have the same? kind of like pre-match hype like is the whatever the i guess wrestling equivalent to like the rock is he snagging a a mic from a ref when he's not supposed to and just calling people out and be like do they do that over there or is it yeah they they still they still run the same sort of programs um they'll have like when uh, chris jericho went over there for wrestle kingdom 12 the entire reason i watched wrestle kingdom 12 mm-hmm. they they ran a full program and you can you can watch it on on youtube it was, it got real intense so basically kenny omega like the the world's biggest wrestling superstar right now is in the ring talking about how he's the world's biggest wrestling superstar right now and everyone's like yeah totally you're the greatest well, the lights go out, and all of a sudden, Chris Jericho shows up on the big screen. And here's a guy who, less than a month ago, was working with, was headed towards WrestleMania. Like, or, excuse me, not WrestleMania, but working towards uh, SummerSlam, big event, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, he shows up in Japan, completely unannounced. Mm-hmm. And it just blew everybody's mind. And then from there, it became a full-on blood feud. Like they had, like the media showed up, and they're sitting there taking pictures of, of this press conference that they're having about this wrestling event. And Jericho just flips his lid and just throws a table at the guy, and is like yelling and screaming at the at the press, like giving everybody the finger, and is like, he's like, "Hey, you, write this down." And like he gets right in this reporter's face, and he's like, "Wrestle Kingdom 12 is the end of Ken," and he just gets right in his face, and it was so crazy. So. To answer your question, yes, they they do things very similarly over there. But, but the whole point of of those those unannounced drop-ins and these kind of the blood feuds and everything that they create in in WWE here is to get that big reaction out of the crowd. I can't imagine that like like the feeling of like Chris Jericho showing up on the big screen unannounced and being all like, "I'm coming for you, Kenny Omega. You're a piece of shit." And then the whole crowd is like, "Oh." Well, that's look, but you, that's not that. It, what I was talking about is like in the ring action, like when they're actually wrestling. Like outside of outside of like in ring work, they are just as rabid. Okay, okay. I was imagining like a complete like 20, silent 20, arena 20, for twenty thousand people looking up at this big screen and just nodding approvingly. Like, yep, that, oh, here comes Chris Jericho. That's Chris, cool. Chris Jericho. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Chris Jericho's son. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, and. And then he like storms out and starts flipping tables, and they're like, 
he's good at that. That is that was entertaining. That was that was a very excellent table flip. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enthralled. I'm I'm very much enthralled. No. But no, it's it's very different. But since we've gone that far off the rails as far as uh, crowds and stuff, now that we've I've com- successfully worked wrestling into the podcast, we can go back to the Olympics. And I want to talk about cool runnings. <laughs> I knew that was what we were going to talk about, and I am happy. I I mean, this makes me smile. This this ep- I mean that might be the <laughs> also be the name <laughs> of the episode. And just quote it. This episode makes me smile, Alex. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I—I I mean, is there is there a more quotable movie out there than Cool Runnings? I mean, I for, I would for say, us for I us would say, our well, generation for our generation as a generation probably not as two individuals who know each other very well I would say Miracle we probably quote more than Cool Runnings. Yeah, that's true. We don't even quote Miracle <laughs> that much, but. I would say only no, when they're I pissed mean, at each other, like, "Hey, so you got a bad Bruce." So you got a bad Bruce. Um, but dude, I I definitely have hundreds of times in my life yelled "Cool Runnings" <laughs> before, like, doing something, like going for down sure. a hill, or yes. I think I named something Tallulah once, <laughs> or I'll just yell "Peace be the journey." <laughs> Peace be the journey. Or or your your what is it your uh. Um, a badass mutter who don't take nothing off of nobody. Don't take no crap off of nobody. That that that'll get you. That'll get you hyped up. That'll so, get you hyped up. So because of that movie, every time someone talked about Daryl Bevel up here in Seattle, you know, because he's the offensive coordinator, every time they mentioned Daryl Bevel, I'd be like, Daryl Bevel, you're one badass mutter. You're badass mutter. <laughs> but I mean, the, like I remember, oh, Webster, Webster, and I, Cohen. I swear, if I ever own a racehorse, its name will be Webster, Webster, and Cohen. <laughs> like that's that's like written down. Like I, if I ever own a racehorse, its name will be Webster, Webster, and Cohen. Like that's make uh, that put that put on put that on the list of Red Arrow goals. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, a man's got to do what a man has got to do. <laughs> You know, one, one thing that's really funny is when they're going around asking for money and, like, Doris is in the office, it's the same room. So if you pay attention, it's the same room when, it, when the people are laughing at him. And he's like, do you want to support the first Jamaican bobsled team? He's literally getting laughed out of their offices. It's the same room with different things in it. <laughs> they're just like, change that picture on the wall, shoot it. Take that picture down, add a vase, shoot it. Yeah, that's take, exactly the vase what out they of there, do. Shoot it. <laughs> that's, that's exactly awesome. what they do. And like, I I noticed it first. Like, I looked up and I noticed that the room looked similar. And I just re I had to rewind it because I was like, there's no way. And yeah, sure enough, it's the exact same room the entire time. That's awesome. Oh, it's such a good movie. One dollar and seventeen cents. I mean, it teaches you things. I mean, you know, you can overcome. You know, I mean, I, I think the closing bit is mo- the most important part when they say, you know, they return to their homeland as as heroes, uh, and they returned four years later as equals. As equals. And, and I think if we could just remember that, if everyone could remember the message of Cool Runnings, the world would be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That like I hold like I hold the 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 morals of. Cool Runnings and and Rocky Four above most things. Like like That's what true. <laughs> what did we what did we learn from Rocky Four? That if I can change and you can change, anybody can change. True. That is that's as true today as it was when Mr. Balboa said it and ended the Cold War. <laughs> ended the Cold War. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, you were you treat people as equals. Like that that was the whole point. That's why they were there. Like the the impassioned speech that gets made about, you know, if you're mad at me, punish me. But it's not their fault that you hate me. Like they they earned the right. Like I actually I was working when I was working in the warehouse. I monologued that to myself just because I was thinking about cool runnings. Like <laughs> it's just like oh, walking around the warehouse like they earned the right to wave their flag. It doesn't matter if they come in first or 50th. <laughs> it's just true. Just doing the whole the whole monologue for because myself. Because the name on the front 
is a, a hell of a lot, lot more important. The name on the back. There we go. Now we've now we've worked miracle and cool runnings. Into yeah. This. <laughs> oh, dude, winter is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I mean, how can I forget? I I guess hockey by default is going to be my favorite Olympic Olympic event. I so I definitely enjoy uh like like hockey in the Olympics. The thing is is I could tell you that I I don't I I don't care unless America's playing when it comes to the Olympics. That's fair. That's um, I mean you've got World Cup fever as far as that goes. Right. Where where like curling is concerned, like I said, I can get you would think that I was re-watching the 2010 Super Bowl, the <laughs> Packers beat the Steelers, with as, as excited as I could get over, I mean, I I don't even know, pick the two most obscure countries, Iceland and against... As, no, not the bad guys from Mighty Ducks 2. That's true, not those guys. Uh, Greenland against Luxembourg, and I am so enthralled with curling, just... He's got it. He's got to go defensive here. He's he has to because if he doesn't knock that one out, then the swings he goes off it, but he gets the two. Ah, ah, and then I lose my mind. And everybody else is like, he threw, he pushed a, a rock with a weird handle on some ice. Settle down. And I'm like, you need to settle up. This is amazing. <laughs> you need to settle up. I need to start. I'm going to start saying that to people. If someone ever tells me to 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 settle down, I'm going to tell them to settle up. You need to settle down. You need to settle up. Let's go. Let's do. I'm so excited. You know what? One thing that was really difficult about the last Olympics, I mean, outside of, you know, everything, was Mm -hmm. uh, like when when it was time to watch hockey, like the the coverage of the, the Winter Olympics was awful because they tape delay it all. And so they're like, hey, by the way, uh, the USA won and we're going to show you that game in like two hours. Yeah, like, and it's like I I guess I understand it in the world of the the twenty four hour news cycle and the internet, right? Everybody knew the result of the game before it was, you know what I mean? Because it's still happening, obviously live there, right? But, but they're this not is trying to show a live broadcast. game, right? But they're not trying to show the game at three o'clock in the morning here, type of a thing. So. I guess, I guess from a production standpoint, I can understand the producers making the call to just spoil it on air rather than just have people not watch kind of a thing. Right. But it is, it is, a, it, I mean, it is annoying. It's stupid that it happened. It's, it's up there as far in my, in my sports TV gripes. One of the things I hate the most is when I'm, tr- if I haven't watched a game, and I like when I was when I was uh, covering Oregon, for instance, like I wouldn't be able to watch some games. And so I would come home and catch the replay like I just wouldn't pay attention and I would watch the replay. And then they would put the score of the game that I'm watching in the ticker while I'm watching the game. Oh, the scroll at the at the at the bottom of the screen on ESPN and stuff. Yeah. And what am I supposed to do? Not look at the ticker. Yeah. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that. There some some level some percentage of my ability to multitask is directly attributed to my ability to watch ESPN news and read the ticker at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the, the <laughs> my ability to process information is is better today because of ESPN. That that is unfortunately a hundred percent true <laughs> for me as what well. like I definitely did that. And when I factor in like. The I, I, I feel like just ESPN's presence in my life has given me more cause to multitask because like nowadays I can play a game and watch a sporting event at the same time, you at know, the same damn time at the same. Yeah, I'm skating and I'm rapping at the same damn time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just ESPN and the ticker. I it, it it makes me mad and don't ruin don't spoil the thing you're about to show me especially if it's like because they do that in this three hour block we're going to be talking about these things if this is the first time you're broadcasting it like if it was the third time they're showing the game that's fine like hey we're gonna be replaying America's win over Russia that's fine it's like three days later you're filling time you're spanning time that's fine don't do it. Like your your prime time slot right after, if you know you're putting it on for the first time. That's that's true. That's so, true. 
I mean, I, I guess I mean that was I, I mean Wrestle Kingdom for that instance. It also happened at three o'clock in the morning. So when I woke up, the match was over. But you know, that's it's a little different because I knew who was going to win. But <laughs> but I mean, it, are the Olympics that different? America's going to win. Kapow. And if we're not going to win, we're going to change the way we de- we decide who wins from total medals to gold medals, which everyone benefits America the exactly. most. Exactly. You. I. That's one of the biggest my biggest pet peeves with the USA Today medal count is they're like um, this year this time it's about who has the most gold because China has four hundred medals but they only have like six gold ones. Now I would make the argument, and I'm going to see if you agree with me or not, that most like total medals is 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 proof that a that a singular country is actually more athletic than another one i i have my own uh the way i break it down is i i go on a three two one scale mm-hmm. so three points for gold two points for silver one point for bronze whoever has the most points wins it's all about the points it's all about it's all about the points but I'm just saying, it's all fundamentally speaking, right, even with the points, is at that point, you rack up enough bronze and silvers, hypothetically speaking, you can catch someone who has uh, you know, 30 golds and nothing else. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's, I agree with that. And I, and that, that I think leads, I mean, it uh, plays the, into the point the I'm cross, trying to make is that. It's a cross-country look. It's a cross-country uh, way of looking at things. Like, yes, you or or any like any sort of i mean basically like racing events tend to be this way like nascar with its points right you could hypothetically speaking win a nascar championship and never get first place in a race right because if you had enough top 10 finishes throughout the year you're gonna have enough points to win over the guy who got one first place finish and nothing else in the top 10 kind of a thing and i like i like that 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 decision making just a little bit more especially when you're dealing with not sports right because i mean none like let's be realistic in the realm of sports it doesn't sports don't matter and the olympics really don't matter so the scoring for the olympics really (laughs) don't matter (laughs) somehow the scoring for the olympics is just just a hair more important than whose line is it anyway somehow yeah the, the oh that reminds me, bringing that up, uh, there's an episode of American Dad where uh, they find out that Roger was one of the members of the 1980 Miracle Team. Nice. Yeah, and he was doing steroids the entire time. Of course. Yeah, and so Stan gets super mad because here's his hero because he idolized the 1980 you know, Miracle on Ice team and mm-hmm. what it represented for America. And so he's like, he, he makes Roger go give the medal back. And so it becomes this whole like Lord of the Rings saga, and at one point they they finally get there to the IOC to give the medal back, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Reagan knew about it. Like, no, we we don't care. This is the Winter Olympics. Like the the miracle on ice is what keeps the doors open. Like we're not we, <laughs> <laughs> like we we don't care. Like <laughs> if the miracle on ice doesn't happen, we don't broadcast the Winter Olympics in America." Right, it, it never happens again. <laughs> like, the Winter Olympics maybe stop after 1980. That's hilarious. All right, I'll give, I'll give your synopsis of that episode of American Dad the props it deserves, because that sounds hilarious. Not quite enough to make me actually go watch that episode. Fair enough, fair enough. But the concept is there. That's a solid concept. I like yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I, I'm, it's unpopular opinion. I think Amdad's better than Family Guy. I I think well I I would understand why you definitely talk to me about American Dad more so clearly you like it more I would say that Family Guy has definitely jumped the shark in its forever that it's been on air where American Dad almost came out the gate having jumped the shark right it was so, already over the top yeah like the expectations for the over the top are different because if you go back to the the first I don't know five or six maybe even ten seasons of Family Guy it was almost grounded within itself a little bit right and now it's ridiculous where American Dad came out the gate being all like ah we're gonna be super ridiculous enjoy and so 
it almost becomes easier to digest an episode of American Dad and it's crazy more than Family Guy if you watched old Family Guy. Right. I, I think for me with especially like you said, I, I was a big fan of, of old Family Guy and, and I think now especially with the movies that Seth MacFarlane is making and and you know, the Orville uh, taking up most of his attention it, it, it's it's real interesting to see how little attention family guy gets um i i've heard an opinion and i tend to agree with it that him trying to kill brian uh, a couple seasons ago was him essentially trying to walk away from family guy um and so now from that point on he's basically just he's basically gotten to the point of of whatever I'm just going to put it out because that's all you want from me. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, at this point, from from what I understand is he rarely writes anything anymore. He gets the tagline of creator and producer just because he created it. And he voices, what is it, Brian, Peter, and Stewie? Yeah. And then th- that's that's the the end of his involvement with that show at all. He shows up for his eight hours a week or whatever to do his voiceovers and then goes and does all of the other stuff he actually enjoys. Right. And, and you know, it's it's interesting. I, I from if you pay attention to to Seth MacFarlane, he's been wanting to do the Orville for a long time. A really uh, good show. It's it is like I, I haven't given enough attention Um I, I really, really need to watch it because from what I've watched, I've enjoyed. Yeah, um, it's very good. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious that that's getting his attention, and you know, other things are going to suffer. You only have there's so many hours in the day, as they mm-hmm. say. So, I mean, I, I fall I fall victim to that myself. I mean, I can only I can only do so many podcasts in a week. <laughs> <laughs> and this one suffers for it. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, oh. That's a that's that hashtag self deprecation. Now we right. get the pity follows and yeah, the pity the, downloads. Like no, no, you guys do a good no, job. No, you guys, you guys, this show is good. You guys are doing just fine. I'm gonna download it. I'm gonna download it on my phone and my computer this week. You guys are you okay. You guys get two downloads. Hey, anyone who gets two downloads, thank you. Yes, you're. You guys are the best. Thank you. You guys are the real MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw Kevin Durant's mom. Hey, like, could there like there should be like an MVP of the Olympics. Yeah, it's America. Enough well, said. I mean, usually it's it's Ben Michael Phelps. Before that, it was Michael Phelps Bong. But uh, it, you know, I mean, there should be like an MVP. Like, I mean, Mark Spitz was an MVP. I, I think I think Kobe Bryant could be an MVP at one point. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, fair enough. LeBron, like LeBron's definitely an MVP of the Olympics. I mean, would you would you put like like uh, Usain Bolt for the for those? Yeah. Yeah, he would be he would be an MVP. He would be an MVP for sure. Mike Ruzioni, definitely an MVP. Jimmy Craig, MVP. Definitely. It's like that whole team is like just co MVPs. Yeah, there you go. Herb Herb Brooks, MVP. Let's just give it to him. There you go. Um can I can I go on one small sports tangent that actually has nothing to do with the Olympics? I just want to get your opinion, and I think it'd be funny to get it while we record this. I I mean sure. I mean it's I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm going to go NBA conspiracy theory for one second. Oh, no. So there's obviously all of the the rumors and and speculation that LeBron James won't be in Cleveland next year. Likely. Right. What if the team he decides to go play for is the Oklahoma City Thunder and he wins a championship there as a big middle finger to Kevin Durant who couldn't get it done in OKC? I think that would be really, really funny. Would that not be ultimate troll? That would be so funny. Have I mean, I would hate it, but it would be really, really funny. Like that would be that would be hilarious because everyone says the big ones, like he's going to go to New York or L.A. or something like that. These big teams that are hurting for a superstar, or whatever. But OKC j- loses Kevin Durant, and then I guess what it, it would technically be two two years later. So you yeah. know what would be even funnier is if he ended up going to, uh, like, waited for 2020 for the expansion, for Seattle to get a franchise back, for him to win a championship with Seattle, the actual team that Kevin Durant didn't win a championship with. Oh, that, that would be, um, I'm just saying, at this point, LeBron's legacy, I think he needs to pivot, and his legacy doesn't need to be total championships it needs to be number of franchises he wins a championship with like four right 
Yeah, he's Cleveland. Goes to Miami. Comes back to Cleveland. If he could start, if he could win it and say OKC, and then again uh, take Seattle to it and win it for three or four franchises, the theoretical so- Sonics. <laughs> yes, then that that would be an incredible argument in his favor favor for like best player of all time kind of Jordan versus LeBron debate that will never end ever. I think to for him to be able to be like, listen, I went to all of these teams and I got all of them to the finals. Jordan did it with one team six times and the team around him was amazing all six times. Yeah, it you know, also while we're on the topic of Kevin Durant, uh he him being like, oh, it's nice to have someone pick me number one overall. Get out of here. Stop grinding that axe. All right. You've made your millions. You've won your title. Stop being a petulant child, Kevin Durant. Is he still mad at the Blazers? Yeah. I mean, Ken- Kenneth Fareed probably is still mad at the Blazers, too. But I understand that. I'm still mad at the Blazers about not getting Kenneth Fareed. Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, that's 100% true. I just, uh, I don't know. I just wanted, I wanted to get quick conspiracy theory that's i mean it's funny i think it i think it'd be hilarious because i've heard uh, i also heard uh the spurs that he should go to the spurs which i thought was a funny little little tidbit of of speculate of, of hypothesis you know like hey wouldn't it be funny if you went to the spurs and i was like yeah wouldn't it be funnier if he went to okc though wouldn't it, i think it'd be funny if he went to like philadelphia oh that would be amazing this Pop over to Philly after they win the Super Bowl this year. He gives them a championship in basketball next year. Boom. Maybe the Flyers pull it together, and Let's now go. Philly's a real city again. Philly, Philly's a real city. The the Phillies can work their way out of the out of the cellar. I mean, the, I know that the Philadelphia Soul Arena Football League won two championships. I mean, I think every other team needs to step up. Yeah, and Mr. John Bonjoni himself, he was there for that. Yeah, just Mr. owner Mr. of that team, Mr. Joe. Bovine, Mr. Bovine Jovi, Bovine Jovi. Boom. <laughs> oh, but hey, you know, you people, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We want to thank you for that. We appreciate it. Make sure you're checking us out on social media. Hit us up on all of our stuff. We got some fun business going on there. Uh, also, make sure you're checking out our agent of chaos. Uh, Red Arrow Deep South. Um, on his recommendation, do not check out Asian of Chaos. Um, it's not good. Don't do it. Um, so, uh, for this episode of my show with Alex and Jake, good night, universe. This podcast. Mm-hmm.